So a little bit ago, I stood before you and I shared some awesome news, um, some, some things that you made happen, that we made happen here at the Body Dayton. Um, and I know sometimes the enemy will come in and he will try to tell you, oh, well, you didn't do that much or you didn't do this or you didn't do that. And I'm telling you right now, I have come to a place that I realize that every single thing, every single hand, every single gesture, it all counts. It all counts. And as a part of obedience, it all works toward the final uh, uh, end that God desired, right? So real quick, I didn't share this with you because I didn't have it, but I would like to share with you a short little letter that they sent. And it, it just says, words cannot adequately express. And for those of you at Facebook, you know, just, I know you didn't, couldn't hear the video, but some of this was expressed in the video that was played, but this is a specific letter that came from uh, the, the United Way, the Grayson County, Texas United Way uh, uh, organization. So it says, words cannot uh, adequately express how thankful we are to everyone who gave to or participated in the Dayton to Dallas um, giving. It says, we were able to deliver 2,600 blankets from St. Vincent de Paul of Dayton to two different organizations in Texas to distribute to a hospital and a jail who had major infrastructure damage, as well as in need individuals due to the recent winter storm. We put out a call to any churches or individuals who wanted to help donate um, other items, and wow, did you all come through in a major way. Uh, we made a second run, this is the second run I was telling you about, with a truck full to the brim with approximately 9,000 bottles of water. I mean, come on, man, 9,000 bottles of water, let's go. I don't know how many of you were, might have been affected by the tornado here that ripped through Beaver Creek and different parts, but I know that you know, we as a church had the opportunity to get boots on ground in those areas and, and help do a lot of work, you know, and hand out a lot of water. And I remember seeing people drive through these stations that they had set up and they're handing out water. And it just hit me how, like, you just don't think about this. You don't think that you can't run to the tap and turn on, on the faucet to get water. You don't think about the fact, well, now we do, that you go to the grocery store and the water's all gone, you know what I mean? Or the toilet paper's all gone. And it says, um, baby and, and senior supplies, baby and senior, uh, senior supplies, uh, shop vacs uh, for cleanup and food items, like all of this was able to be sent down, shop vacs. Come on. I would not have thought about this, but some, God laid on somebody's heart and was like, hey, go do this. And that's not what we were thinking about, but what we were thinking about is how can we help? And we were able to get that money to them so that they could have it and to do what it needed to be done with it. So, again, um, I just I say thank you, you know, uh, thank you for stepping up. Thank you for being willing to be a part in giving uh, so that other people could have, you know, some of just the simple comforts uh, that they could get through this time. 
it's just, it's mind-blowing to me. You know, we get snow down here, and it's like, man, whatever. You know, we might get snow again on Monday, you know, like, who knows? Um, and we're going to be fine. You know, they're going to throw some salt down. We're going to keep moving as usual. But down there, to get snow like that and then everything be shut down, um, man, that just, it honestly is still sinking in in my brain. Um, I heard one of the bigger pastors down in the Texas area say how his house had been damaged and how his church, which is a extremely large facility, had been damaged and, and was taking on damage daily due to some of the things, you know, pipes burst and, and different stuff. And I just was like, my goodness, like, what, what would we do? You know, what would we do? It's just, it's, it's horrible. But anyways, again, thank you very much. I'm going to move forward with our message. I'm excited to talk about what I'm going to be talking about. Um, I am going to pick up right on the heels of Pastor Jeff with um, the series that he was in, Greater. And, you know, he graciously allowed me to fall into place behind him on that. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful because what God gave me for today, I felt, I was like, man, this is going to just slide right in there and it's going to go well. And when I say God gave it to me, uh, anytime I say that, I need you to understand that I am seeking God on what to say and what to bring to you. Um, and, and unless he shows me, you know, it, it just, you know, you, you can tell the difference. I feel like you can tell the difference. So today I want to share with you, I want to rewind. I want to go back and I want to do sort of a recap. Oh, one more thing. You know, we have notes prepared for you. If you signed up, you check your emails. Those notes were in there as of last night. You can pull those up and you can look and follow along, fill them in. If you printed them off, you can fill them in that way as well. If you did not print them off, let me tell you, be aware Saturdays, those notes should be in there. Print them off either Saturday night or Sunday morning and bring them in with you so you can write them down. Anyways, Pastor Jeff and I, uh, back in January, we called the people of TBD to start the year in prayer and in fasting. It was as I, I preached about first fruits. I talked to you about a first fruits offering. And a lot of times when people hear that, first thing they think is we're going to reach into our pockets and we're going to pull out an offering. And, and most times that's what it is. But what we have to begin to understand is that an offering is not always just the money in your pocket, right? Um, so we wanted to do a first fruits offering, and that first fruits offering came in the form of giving up your time, specifically giving up your time and spending time with God uh, to pray about this year very specifically. All right. And then, and this, this time of prayer was inspired by the Israelites out of Leviticus, where it talked about them them going to plant their harvest, but before, but as, as soon as they, as soon as they, uh, not plant their harvest, but reap their harvest, as soon as they went to get their harvest, before they would do that, they would pray over what was there. And then as they took it up, it just seemed to continuously be all that they needed and more. 
So that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to go into the new year praying for what was going to come, what we were going to do. You know, I wanted to pray so that God would bless it, so that everything we needed, everything we did would be more than what we need. It would be more than what's needed out there. Then when we continued, we, we gave words from God for expectation, telling you that we can and we should expect something great. God told us that, that we needed to be expecting or, or be waiting. If you recall, I preached about tarrying and waiting for something big. I challenged TBD to, to come up with different ways to spread the gospel, Right? And like specifically, I'm like, you tell us, I want you to come up with ways that we can go out and we can reach the, the, the neighborhood and the community. And I've had people come up and do that. But then I also, within that challenge, I said, um, it, it was enough of sitting on our hands, spectating, right? These are my words. No more popcorn and drama TV. It's time to get up get out and be about the father's business. This was my challenge going into January. All right. There were some things and, and I'm going somewhere. So just stick with me. There were some things that I, I asked. I asked some questions as part of that challenge. And it was, uh, you know, out of all the things that we had been distracted with or pulled into, and I won't go into the, the, the long list of things that happened um, in 2020 that affected us or coming into 2021. I won't, I won't go into all of that, but what I know is, is that I believe that for the church, it was a distraction from us to do, from us doing what it was we needed to do, which was, you know, have they heard of Jesus, the people? Have they experienced the practical love of Jesus? Have they had the opportunity to see how Jesus walked up close, um, you know, to see how it's done? Uh, do they know what a healthy relationship looks like with the Father through the Son? Because these are the things that we should have been paying attention to. These are the things that we actually have a, an effect on, right? Like, I can't really affect what's going on in Washington so much. I, I cannot, unless I showed up, and even if I showed up, I can't say that I would have had a huge effect on the, the, the craziness that happened there. But what I can have an effect on are these things that I just listed. Then, G, then, then, then Pastor Jeff came in, and he challenged us, or he began to challenge us with the greater series, Right? The, the first one uh, spoke about uh, plant seeds, seeds planted in faith. Seeds planted in faith. Then, then he challenged us on the call to be kingdom uh, investors, right? We need to be kingdom investors. Everybody here kind of remember that? Yes. So Jeff comes in and he, he, he challenges with that. Then, uh, um, then I followed up in the midst of all of this. We're kind of hopping back and forth, and I'm talking about uh, fulfilling the Great Commission or discipleship, right? So now here we are in the middle, or not in the middle, but in the beginning of January, I mean of 2021. We're in the middle, in the beginning of 2021, if I get my words right. 
And I believe 100%, I believe that this year is going to be huge. It's going to be huge for us. Um, already, already, I have had the benefit to see God moving in a lot of different areas. Now, the enemy is still working. He's still trying to shake us up. He's still trying to get us distracted and keep us distracted. But I believe that God has, has said that if we're ready to begin to move forward and, and begin to walk in what he has, that he's ready to go. He's got some things lined up, some doors opened, and he's ready to go. It's, I, it kind of it, it, it hit me this way. You know when you get ready to go, or at least my family, my wife goes, guys, we're about to leave. I might still be in the bed. I'm not going to lie. Okay. You know, because I took a shower the night before, and, you know, I got my clothes laying out to the side. You know, and she's like, we're about to leave. We've got to leave in 30 minutes. Right? The kids are starting to scramble and move. And when I say scramble and move, I really mean move very slowly to do what they need to do. Yeah, come on, come on, come on. So then my wife, you know, she kind of gives these calls, time, time announcements, you know. All right, 15 minutes. And I'm like, okay, I guess that's my cue. You know what I'm saying? I roll out of my bed. I start to put on my clothes, you know. And, and then she goes, all right, guys, we're about to leave. It's time to go, right? It's time to go. I rinse out my mouth. I might throw in my deodorant, and I'm ready to walk out the door. As I come down the steps, all of my kids are just like in, they're like space cadets. You know, they're just kind of like, you know. And, and no, you know, two of them don't have shoes on. One's hair is not done, you know. And my wife is screaming at the top of her lungs at everybody. Okay, now I know this might sound like craziness, and some of you women specifically are like, and what are you doing? Well, well, my foot hits the bottom step, and I promise this is all going somewhere. My foot hits the bottom step, and I'm like, did you hear your mom? We're walking out the door. If I walk out the door before you walk out the door, I'm beating tails. That's pretty much the way it goes. <laughs> And beaten tails is not, it just, it sounds worse than what it really is. <laughs> okay. And then, and then you see serious real life scrambling. It's like, you know what I mean? They're like, you know, what? you know, Theo's like, dad, dad, can you please tie my shoe? And I'm like, you should have had your shoe tied. You know, he's like, okay, just forget it. You know. Mom, can you tie my shoe? And she's like, oh, Dwayne. And I'm like, okay, come here. So, and, and then I move to the door, and then I'm like, it's time to walk out the door, right? And this, that little bit right there all happened within a minute, I'm telling you. And I'm like, I'm walking out the door. And then you, it's just like, you know, like they're running by me to get out the door. And typically, you know, has nothing to do with anything. Emmy walks out and then she runs back. And I'm gonna tie it in. I'm gonna make it work into this message. She runs out the door and then she comes back and she's. I'm at the door, out the door, and she stands before me. And she goes, 
mom told me to get my jacket. You know what I mean? It's like, because she knows she's dead. And so I'm like, get it now. You know, she runs in and she comes out. She's the last one in the car. But what I'm saying to you is that this is where we're at, church. This is where we're at. God's foot has hit the bottom step. And he's saying, it's time to go. There's no more scrambling. There's no more trying to get one more shoe on. January, we began preparation with prayer and fasting, okay? We had a whole year in 2020 to kind of mosey around and space cadet, right? Because nobody could do anywhere. And you even had an excuse, you know? Like my kids, we know the night before they, they didn't get a lot of sleep. They went to bed late because, again, they're just prolonging everything, right? And so you wake up and you're like, okay. God's like, they've just went through some stuff. You know, I pulled them both together. I'm going to give them a whole year. You're welcome. Coronavirus was just for TBD. So that we could have, <laughs> I'm just joking. I'm joking. <laughs> I told you, I told you, sometimes I forget we're on Facebook. Listen, listen to me, okay? A whole year we had to, to kind of shuffle and get some things ready. Ryan will know what I'm talking about. There's a lot of things that we had gotten prepared and worked through, and we're still working through them. Don't get me wrong. But we were able to get some things ready and prepared so that when 2020 hit, it was just a matter of sliding into our shoes, walking out the door, and then doing what? Getting in the car to leave. God has put his foot on the bottom step and he said, let's go TBD. Let's go TBD. All right? It's time for us to go. It's time for us to get out. Are you hearing me? It's time for us to step out of the door and to go. So if you get nothing else from me talking to you today, I need you to get, to get that. It is time to go. All right? So with that being said, this is going to be a huge year. Uh, the reason I believe that is because we are about to go full steam ahead. We are going to go charging into God knows what. Why do I say that? Because though we understand some of the situations surrounding coronavirus and some of our social uh, upheavals, like we do not know the complete effects that have taken place out there, right? When's the last time you knocked on a door? Okay, I know the last time I knocked on a door was prior to any of this craziness. And when I did, there were very few people that came to the door like, what do you want? There were a few, but most of them opened the door and they were like, hello, Hi, uh, I'm with so-and-so, and I was wanting to know, is there anything I could pray for for you? I know that may seem like a, a, a weird request, but I just would love to pray for anything that you need prayer for. Well, yeah, actually, right? 
I have a feeling that if I do that today, it's going to be more the opposite, possibly, right? It might be a little bit more of the people who are like, you know, what do you want? You know what I'm saying? Like, they won't even open the door, you know? We're going to be standing there like, we've got masks on. Can you? No. Like, we don't know what we're walking into. We don't know how it's going to look and what it's going to feel like. Now, am I saying we're about to go out and hit the streets, knocking on doors? I'm not saying that. But I'm also not saying that we're not going to. I'm just telling you, don't get ahead of yourselves. So the possibilities of what we're going to do and how we're going to do it, they're still being walked through. We're still planning. But we are about to go somewhere. And and it's going to be big. Why is it going to be big? Well, number one, what used to be two churches is now one. And I know right now you may look around and you think, well, you know, Pews aren't absolutely filled. But I need you to understand something. There are people that are still at home, still uncomfortable about coming out to public places. And that's understandable. But those same people, those same people might very well be willing to come out to an outreach. They might very well be willing to, to uh, uh, I don't know, like, Anything that concerns being outside, they might be absolutely comfortable with that. I'm counting on that. And I'm counting on as this year goes on for those same people to realize and and understand and be comfortable with coming back in here because they're safe. So this year is going to be big. It's going to be bigger than last year. It's going to look different than last year. God has been pouring into us since January. How do I know? Because I am one of the vessels in which he's been pouring out of. And I know that what was put in me and what has been coming out of me has been very good substance. It's been encouraging. It's been edifying. Now, I'm not patting myself on the back. I am saying that God has been giving some very good word and and he's been preparing us for what's next. Well, let me tell you something. The time we put in in January, and I need for you, this, this is a recap. I need you to look back. I need you to, in your mind, mentally turn and look back. January, we fasted and prayed. And I am telling you, if you didn't know, our harvest is already coming up. We are already reaping from that time. I believe we're not done. I am not a farmer, but I do know this. Some seeds that are planted, they come up sooner or quicker than other seeds. Some seeds aren't even planted until the end of the springtime so that they'll come up a little later. And I'm telling you, the seed that we planted, we're already beginning to see fruits. If you haven't been downstairs in in our children's church, I need for you to take a moment, 
one day, one Sunday, and just slide down there and look at what God's doing down there. Not something different than what he's done in the past, but more. More. If you didn't know, we have a team of leaders and people who are ready to put boots to ground and run. We are not praying, Lord God, send help for the harvest. We're not, we're not praying that because he sent it. These are a part of the fruits that he's poured out already. And I could go on. I could go on. But that's not what I want to do because I want to go somewhere very specific with you. We could take all of this, we could take all of these blessings, we could take all of these resources, and we could keep them right here. This is a typical action of a lot of churches. Man, we're growing. Hallelujah. Man, look at the worship team. It's growing. Hallelujah. Man, look at the children's church downstairs. It's growing. Hallelujah. Man, the finances are blessed. Hallelujah. Things are just going good. Preacher is preaching. Mm, hallelujah. And then that's it. We go home. You know, back in the day, I used to always hear preachers say it this way. We go home nice and full, spiritually, right? And we go take that nap. We go home and we go to sleep. No. No, 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 no. One year... Me and my family had Thanksgiving dinner. My cousin invited us out for Thanksgiving dinner. We went up to Columbus, and, and everybody was supposed to bring some dishes, and we did. And he had purchased styrofoam containers from wherever. Sam's like, I don't care. He grabbed these styrofoam containers, and we were all excited, like, oh, my goodness. If you ever had our food, you understand why that was the response. Oh, my goodness. It is about to go down. I'm going to bash here, and then I'm going to take me a whole plate home so I can bash later. If you're my family, you take whole portions of each dish home. You don't make plates. It's too many of us. Just throw me a bunch of stuffing in that container, a bunch of green beans in that container. You, know, you dig what I'm saying. So this is what we were ready to do. And then my cousin came, and he was like, hey, I had, an, I had an idea. And I was like, yo, what's up? He was like, what if we took the containers, loaded up the food, and took it down to Skid Row. Now, this is a place in Columbus that they actually have. They kind of called it Skid Row. I don't know if it's still there, but it was behind Kosai. If you know anything about Kosai and where it is, there was this, like, bridge and this, like, street where it was, like, homeless alley. And I was like, okay. All right, I I'm picking up what you're putting down. Can I make one plate? I'm just, let me, let me stop. I'm just, so I, I might have said that. But I was just trying to get a gauge for how much, how much we had. You know, I didn't want to go to waste. So anyways, now listen, that's a joke. But how many of us are going to do this after I get in preaching to you today? I need you to keep that in mind. It was a joke just now. But when you're the one that's like, so pastor, I'm just wondering. I mean, can we just keep some of this back for it? No, no, no. So. We packed it up, and we went down there, and we, out the back of his truck, were handing out full plates of food on Thanksgiving. Come on. This is what I'm talking about. 
That's being about the work of the Father. There's no need for us to pack it up in containers and shove it in the refrigerator with the possibility of it going bad. There's no need for us to shove it in another container and take it home so we can gorge on it another day. There were people who were in need. That was free. Holy Spirit just brought that back to my remembrance. We here at TBD have an understanding now of kingdom investment. What? See, y'all don't even remember. If you have your notes from the other week when Jeff, Pastor Jeff was talking about investing, you will see that he talked about kingdom investing. Kingdom investments. It was a good word. If you didn't have a chance to see it, go back. I encourage you to go back on Facebook and pull it up because it was good. We here at TBD, we understand and we know about kingdom investments. So with that, I want to share with you today from Leviticus chapter 23. And now I'm about to start my message. Oh, my goodness. It's going to be short. It's going to be roller coaster style. So I need you to be on board and ready to go. Leviticus chapter 23 verse 22 says, when you harvest the crops of your land, do not harvest the grain along the edges of your fields and do not pick up what the harvesters drop. Leave it for the poor and the foreigners living among you. I am the Lord, your God. Another version it uses instead of foreigners living among you, it says sojourners. And this is going to be important later, so remember this. They want you to, he, want, he, he, he expected them to not harvest the whole field. In the Message Bible, it says leave a corner. So I need you to picture something. I need you to picture a field that's, you know what, just, just for your sake, so you can really picture it. If you're not a farmer, you may not really get it. And I know we have farmland anywhere and everywhere in our area. But just in case you just can't picture a garden, and you're going to harvest the whole garden, but you are expected to leave a corner of the garden unharvested. Or the edges, however you want to picture it, however it's easiest. The message says corner, this one says edges. And we're going to do that so that the poor and the people who are traveling, the people who are traveling from here and there so that they can eat. Keep that. Keep that in your mind. We're going to go to Deuteronomy 24, verses 19 through 21. Again, that's Deuteronomy chapter 24. It's going to be up here. It's in your notes. I actually put the scriptures in your notes. But if you don't have it, go to your Bibles, find it, Deuteronomy chapter 24, verse 19, 21. And it says, when you are harvesting your crops, now understand this is two books later and, and God is saying this or, or they're repeating it. 
They're rehashing it out. They're recapping, kind of like what I just did. They're recapping yet again on what, it, what the expectation was. I love this because it's important. When you are harvesting your crops and forget to bring in a bundle of grain, oh, wait a second now, that's a whole nother thing. That's a whole nother thing. Wait, you told me first to just leave some area undone. Now, I've done that, and then, you know, whoever left a whole bundle out there, you know, Pastor Amanda, who's moving fast all the time, ran out the grocery store and left a bag of groceries at the grocery store. Now, I have given canned goods, and I've given food to the fish bank, but she just left a whole bag of groceries at the store. God's like, that's, that's cool. Just leave it for somebody else. What? If my wife told me she lifts, left some, no, I'm not even going to go there. You better get in the carts. That's our, that's our money, okay? Okay. It says, don't go back. If you leave a bundle of grain from your field, don't go back to get it. Leave it for the foreigners, orphans, and widows. Then the Lord your God will bless you in all you do. When you beat the olives from your olive trees, don't go over the bowls twice. Beat them, shake everything out, right? Pick it up, beat them, pick it up, beat them, kick it up. You are bona fide. It's, it's 100% positive that you did not, they're olives. Let's think about it. Let's think it through. We did not get every single one of them. I think, guys, so that we can be efficient, we can probably go back, do a second pass, and get everything up. Jesus said, no. One time through. Can you imagine, watch this, can you imagine you're the guy in charge? You're like, listen to me. When you're picking them mugs up, you better make sure you pick every single one up because God wants us to leave some. That, but that don't even sound. I'm going to say it again because I need you to really understand. If you're the guy in charge, you're going to look at your team, you're going to say, listen, I want you to get as much for us as you can. No, they don't say it that way, do they? They don't say it that way. We don't, we don't say it that way. We're just like, okay, everyone. Now, we want to make sure that, you know, we want to be efficient. We want to make sure we get everything that we can because we don't want to leave too much behind. I understand that the, the poor people and the widows can get it, but just we have to make sure we take care of ourselves. So make sure you get all you can. I'm going I'm to revisit that again, too. And actually, I'm going to say it just to get it in your mind. What if, what would happen if the person in charge said, go out there and do your jobs? Don't stress. Whatever's left behind is good. As a matter of fact, skip every, skip every other tree. Nah. Nah, I didn't think so. I didn't think so. We, we are all on the same page. I, I understand. I'm not judging you as long as you're not judging me, right? Because that's not how we work. 
skip every other tree. Just because I know, I know God wants us to, we're going we're gonna to go above and beyond. Uh-uh, we don't do that. I'm not judging you. I feel, I feel, like, I feel like you guys are feeling resentful of me right now. I'm, I'm not judging you, okay? Because I do the same thing. All right. So it says, when you beat the olive, olives from the olive tree, don't go back over. Don't go back through. Leave the remaining olives for the foreigners, orphans, and widows. When you gather the grapes in your vineyard. Now, I love some grape juice. I love some grape juice. I'm just telling you that now when we do communion. If you see me go back twice, it's because I'm trying to be holy. Uh, I know, is it okay that I said that? I'm sorry. <laughs> I've seen Kim out there like, I'm just joking. Okay. Listen. When you gather the grapes in your vineyard, don't glean the, the vines after they are picked. Again, don't go through again. Leave the remaining grapes for who? Come on. So again, I asked you a question. After hearing that, did anybody here hear, if you were listening, was there a specific allotment? How big is an edge? How big is a corner? I mean, do, do you really know? I mean, because I've turned one corner and it was like, but then I went around another corner and it was like, you know, I mean, I know we call that a curve sometimes, but sometimes it's not a curve, depending on where you're at. If you're in the back roads, that is clearly a corner when you got to go down to 15 miles per hour. But listen to me. My point is this. We don't know how big that corner or the edges are. So I'm about to challenge you. Just as much a challenge to me as it is to you. Is it possible? Now, please. Just, is it possible that you could judge the heart for God by the size of that corner left unharvested? I am not judging you. But I tell you what, when I was sitting reading this, man, oh man, oh man. That hurt. And the only reason it hurt is because I had never even given it a thought. And I should have, apparently, right? I should have given it more of a thought. Save a corner. Don't touch the edges. I now I know who I'm doing this for. I know who I know who directed me to do this. With that in mind, with that in mind, what should my response be? Now, I am not this is not a guilt trip. This is I want you to chew on this. I want you to really allow this to get way deep down in there and, and kind of shake things up. I'm here right now to shake things up. I want to shake you up. I want to because it shook me up. It's not fair for you not to be shaken up, and I am. 
Let's have this picture. A thousand acres. And the other guy across the street has five. The thousand acre guy says, man, I tell you what, heard the word from God, felt it. Mm, it was good. Hallelujah. Went on ahead and left me about five acres for any of the people to walk through and get what they need to get. Praise God. Hey, I've seen five acres. That's, that's, a nice little, that's a nice little spot. Five acres is a nice little spot. But then the guy over here who had the five acres, he was like, yeah, I know. Man, it really touched me too. I gave two. I left behind two acres. I, I don't know about you. A thousand acres and five, it's a lot. But when you got five acres and you leave two, it's called ratios in the math class. I didn't do the best, but I'm thinking that right there don't quite add up. And it's not for us to be looking at one another per se, but we do need to understand that God is looking at us individually. God is looking at you individually. So put the thousand out if you're the five. Put the five out if you're the thousand. Stand before God and say, I've got a thousand and I set aside five. You know what? A hundred. Okay. Let's be real. You're God. You asked me to do it. You gave me the thousand. I'm going to do 500. I don't care. It's not for me to say. But can I testify? Some time back, I seen this in a different light. It wasn't this. I seen it in a different light. It was tithing, right? And I was like, okay, God, I want to I give it all. I want to do what I can do. And somebody had presented the message to me, and, and, and I heard it, and I was like, okay, God. This, and I'm, I'm talking about tithing between me and my wife. I'm not, this is not a tithing message. But I was doing this, and I said, babe, you know what? I was like, there are people out there who give 90% of their income. Now, they're rich, okay? They're filthy rich. And they give 90% of their income, and they live off of 10. And I was like, dang, would I even do that? If I was rich, would I do that? 90% of your income and live off of 10. I said, you know what, babe? I was like, I want to try. I was like, one day we're going to try to do that. That's going to be a goal of ours. So I got blessed with a new job because the job I was working was like the five acres, right? And then I got a job that was not a thousand, but closer to like 500 acres. And I was like, okay, okay. And God was like, hey, you remember when? And I was like, <laughs> I just got here. Like, we just planted this last year. Can I just, <sighs> you know? And I was like, babe, you remember? And she was like, I do remember. I was like, what you say? And she was like, I'm down. I was like, cool. I was like, we ain't going to go to 90%, obviously. But realistically, I had got a double in pay. And I was like, we lived off of that fine. I was like, what if we went, you know, like we usually give 10%. I was like, what if we went to like 40%? 
you know? I was like, you know what? Let's try 50%, and then we'll go down to 40 if, if it's really killing us. I said, because I want to be a good steward, and I don't want to be zealous and jumping outside of whatever. So we did it, right? Like, we did it for, like, two times. I'm not going to lie. We did it for, like, two times. I was getting salary. I was, a manage, I was in management, so I was getting salary. And we did 50%, shh, shh, two times. So a month, two months, bang, bang. And I was like, woo, felt good. But I was like, man, that sucks. And God was like, well, you might as well not do it. And I was like, oh. So I was like, okay, babe, we're going to do 40%. Okay, let's be real. We're going to do 30. So we did 30. We did 30 for some time. And we weren't hurting at all. Didn't hurt, not one bit, until I lost my job. But, and we went back to 10%. But that's not, that's neither here, that was just the enemy, honestly. And I could tell you a whole story, but, it, but the point is, is that we took a step of faith and we did it. And we didn't hurt, not one bit. As a matter of fact, to this day, I got five kids. My wife works part-time and my job is not the best paying job in the world. And we don't hurt a bit. Praise the Lord is right. I'm not praising me what I'm trying to get you. I'm trying to get you to see something that it's not easy. But if you will listen to God, I don't care what it is. I, I talked about money. I can talk about time. I can talk about time. I'm going to continue. Let's go on to Mark chapter 2 verse 23. And I'm, I'm rounding, rounding second. Mark chapter 2, verse 23, it says, One Sabbath day, as Jesus was walking through some grain fields, his disciples began breaking off heads of grain to eat. Whoa. Did you ever think that your square might feed Jesus himself? Come on. Did you ever think that the edges that you left would provide for somebody that you looked at as important? Ugh. I, yes, it is. Thank you, sir. Because this right here is awesome. Did you ever think? Did it even ever cross your mind? Man. Go with me again. Ooh, wee, this is about to get so... Ruth, chapter 2, verse 2 and 3. Ruth, chapter 2. If you already know Ruth, then you already like, oh, I see where he's going here. Yes. Come on. Man, ah, man. Somebody out there, somebody out there needs to listen. Oh, Jesus, I'm feeling God right now. Somebody out there is, is on the verge and catching something right here. Please listen. One day, Ruth, the Moabite, said to Naomi, let me go. Now, wait, I need to set this up. I need you to understand, Ruth was, Ruth was a single gal looking for a husband, okay? She was looking for a husband. She was a widow. She was a widow, single nevertheless, but widow. She was looking for a husband. And, and being a widow, it was a little bit tougher to get a man back in those days. 
So she goes into the field, and this is where we pick up, okay? Ruth the Moabite said to Naomi, let me go out into the harvest fields to pick up the stalks of grain left behind. Wait a second, okay? This obedience is setting up for this woman not to get grain, hello, but to <laughs> come on, y'all ain't talking to me as much as you should be here. Okay, listen, it says, let me go out into the harvest field to pick up the stalks of grain left behind by anyone who is anyone who is kind enough to let me do it. Naomi replied, All right, my daughter. Go ahead. So Ruth went out to gather grain behind the harvesters. And then it says, and as it happened, she found herself working in a field that belonged to Boaz, the relative of her father-in-law, Elimelech. Now, who is Boaz? If you don't know the story, Boaz is the man that she marries. Come on. Listen to me. This woman went to go get some food from a place from somebody who was being obedient and ended up finding what she was praying for, what she really was looking for. She went to get one thing that she thought she needed, but ended up getting what she really desired and and the best for her this is all going to wrap together at the end so stay with me stay with me you have to intentionally we have to intentionally leave some of our harvest for God to reach who he will with it we have to intentionally leave some of our harvest so that God can take and do with it what he will. Okay. Matthew chapter 25. Go with me. Matthew 25, and I am rounding third. 34 through 40. And it says this. Then the king will say to those on his right, come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. For I hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger and you invited me into your home. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you cared for me. I was in prison and you visited me. Then these righteous ones, these righteous ones will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry or feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? or even a stranger, and show you hospitality, definitely naked, and give you clothing? When did we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will say, 
I tell you the truth. When you did it to one of these, of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. You remember the challenges? I want to ask you a question before I go to those. How do we, how do we not harvest the grain along the edges? How do you, how do I leave the corner? One. If you're taking notes, I didn't put this in my notes, but it just became notes. One, how do you do it? Number two, how big is big enough? How do we do it? How do we do it? How do you do it? How big is big enough? How much is enough? The challenges. With that in mind, I venture to say to you that my challenges are how we do it. Now, there's multiple here. So you have to know where you fall in line. This is an answer to the challenge questions. How did we? How will we? How did they? Right? Answer. We are going to make sure we, the body Dayton, can't speak for anybody else, but the body Dayton will make sure that they hear of Jesus. We will make sure that they experience the practical love of Jesus. We will make sure that they have the opportunity to see how Jesus walked up close to know how it's done. If anybody's been here while I'm preaching the discipleship message, this is how we are going to do this. We are going to let them know, we will be sure that they know what a healthy relationship looks like with the Father through the Son. by not using all of the harvests or blessings on ourselves. I'm coming home. This is, this is it. You can start the music, do whatever you will, but this is it right here. How does, what does that look like, Pastor Wayne? I'm going to tell you what it looks like from my point of view. Today, Pastor Jeff did worship, did an amazing job. I loved it. Don't know about you. Then instead of staying in-house, because this is the house that he belongs to, this is, he, he is the gift that God placed in this house. He left. He left to go be used 
somewhere else. He was in our corner. Do you hear what I'm saying? He was along the edges. Now you may say to yourself, well, Pastor Dwayne, that's not a big deal because you're here. No, 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 no. Let me explain this to you like I explained it to somebody else. See, if, if we're going to think the way that we have a tendency to from a stance of being selfish, well, we have, we have two pastors. We have two pastors that are leading here in this place. We didn't set this up this way so that one could leave and, and, and you know, we, we need our two pastors. No. No. God said, I'm going to have need of these two gentlemen outside of this church. So I'm going to get them nice and comfortable with leaving one while the other one goes. So when I read this, I already knew when Pastor Jeff called me and said, hey, bro, you're going to preach this Sunday. I'm like, no problem. I didn't say, no, nah, bro, we got to continue this greater message. You know, you've been hitting this series. It's hot. We on a roll. The people need the word of God. No, 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 no. I said, absolutely. Take the edges to somebody else. Wait, there's more. Pastor Jeff leaves and he goes to preach somewhere else because somebody's in need or give due worship. But then Pastor Jeff and I have been talking and I came to him one time and I was like, that was too good not to distribute to some other people. We need to figure out how to get that word you just spoke beyond these walls. We need to. He came to me last week with the discipleship. He said, bro, I think you just preached one of those ones that are not for just in the house. And I was like, I hear you. He said, we need to do something. Last night I called him up and I shared my message with him. He said, he said, this, this is it. This, our corner, our edges, they're materializing in the way of us preparing stuff, content. Let me tell you, if you don't understand what I'm talking about, there's a pastor out there, you know, uh, Craig Goshell. Do you know that I would have to say 60%, if not more, if not 100%, I don't even know, of every bit of their content they place online for free. What do I mean by content? You see this beautiful picture up here, right, that was created by somebody? Every bit of these notes that were created by myself, every, every note you guys watch and go look at on that, that's sent to you in that email, every bit of that. I, even to if we wrote a song, if we wrote a song here in this place, recorded parts for our people to understand, be able to play, and all of that, all of it, they put that stuff right online for anybody to use. Come on. Do you understand? People wonder why that man's got the largest and fastest growing church in America. I mean, I'm not, I'm not 
giving him no type of praise per se. But what I'm saying is, is I can see the obedience. I can see this scripture being played out through that man. And I'm telling you, I didn't see it until last night or the other day when I was reading this. Because I'm asking God, what does that look like for us? And he said, this is what it looks like. How many people in here get on the U version? Free. The same guy I'm just talking to you about, it comes through his ministry. Come on. People are paying big bucks for this kind of stuff. And that man said, put the Bible on there, translate it as many ways we can for free. We're going to house it. We're going to do servers and all that jazz. If you understand any of that, then you know that's on a whole nother level. That's space. That's computers. That's hardware. That's all kinds of stuff. Coming out of the pocket of that church. Pause. Coming out of the pocket of God going through a church who was willing to put it out there. Understand what I'm saying to you. Listen. When me and my wife made the decision to do what we do is because it was because I understood that if I am a conduit, the more I allow my the stuff to run through me, the more it's like tap water. You turn it up, the more you turn it up, the more comes out. The more you need, you turn it up. The less you need, you turn it down. Well, here's the thing. It ain't going to never stop being enough. Because there's too many people out there that don't know the name of Jesus Christ. So all it's going to do is keep turning up. So just in case you're unaware, I don't want you to be unaware. I don't want you to be surprised. I don't want you to be unknowledgeable or unknowing. I want you to know that as you give, God's going to ask more of you. But the only reason he's going to ask more of you is because he knows that he's the one sending it through. And as long as you'll stay open and let it flow, he's going to pour it right through you. And that's what we want to do here at the body dating. I don't ever want to be turned off. I only want to be turned up. We meet, we meet 100 around this community, then we're going to go out and try to meet 200 somewhere else. Did you hear what I said? I didn't say an additional 100. I said we're going to bump up to 200. And when we get 200, we're going on up. Shoot, let's go on to 1,000 because we just handled 200. And if God, if you will give us 1,000, wait a second, I think I heard that somewhere before. And every time I heard it in the Bible, he did it. God, how about one? God, how about five? God, how about 10? Well, I mean, if you're going to go 10, why, you see what I'm saying? Actually, he did it the backwards way. And then in the other scripture, it said, we're going to take 10,000. And then, do, do you understand what I'm saying? We are gearing up to set TBD in a place financially where we're not going to be concerned at all about reaching beyond these walls. Understand me. We don't have some influx of income, but what we are doing are preparing the body Dayton to do the work of the ministry. 
And so when we begin to live out the principles that he's poured into us, those principles are going to manifest in ways that are absolutely 100% needed to do the work of the ministry. So it's going to be through your obedience, through my obedience, that we are going to see some things happen that we've never seen before here in the midst of this group. Well, Pastor Wayne, we did pretty big. Okay, well, we're going to do bigger. Guess what? I came and seen VBS. Me, my kids, and my family were able to be a part and witness the fruit of VBS, or actually the fruit of your labors for the VBS. We weren't here to see the fruit of the actual event, but we seen the fruits of your labor. My kids were highly impressed. They loved it. Well, guess what? I'm here now and I'm about to experience the fruits, not only of the labor that we're gonna put in again, but now I'm gonna to get to see the fruits of the labor of the event, of the time ministered. And while we may have had 20, 30, whatever before, well, whatever came when we joined, we're gonna have that much more to do every single event. I don't, listen, listen. Somebody might be like, well, we didn't have 20 or 30 pastors. I don't care if we had five. If you, did, if, you, if you did in VBS what you did with two people, well, I know there's more than two people here now. So if we did that with two people, man, oh man, what are we about to do it for? Guys, it's about to be a big year. 2021 is about to look different. So this is what I want to leave you with. How can you not harvest the grain along the edges of your fields? Do not withhold your gifts. Every bit of it. Your talents. Your time. Basketball just finished, and I got an extra hour every day that I don't got to run and take no kids to practice. I just, I just want to sit down and binge a Netflix show. Oh, go ahead and harvest it on up. Go ahead and harvest it all up. No, no. Forget Netflix. Leave the corner open for God to use. Walk away from Facebook and leave the edges for God to use. Don't go out and buy another pair of shoes that you don't need. Leave the corner for God to use. Don't put down the guitar, the drums, the, the microphone. Don't let any of it go. Leave it for God to use. And what does that mean? That means you're going to have to step up. That means you're going to have to sign up. That means you're going to have to get up. That means you're going to have to wake up. Don't make me start preaching in here. I know how to do it. I just don't do it all the time. Listen to me. TBD. Facebook Live. 
part of TBD. In case you didn't know and in case you didn't realize, the coronavirus all of a sudden just doesn't have the effect that it used to have anymore. It's time to get up, get out. It's time to do. If you've never done before, if you're not really sure what it feels like, I'm telling you, it feels amazing. I went and picked up somebody this morning. They're sitting in my car, and I'm singing the praises of God. I just lost an hour. I didn't even know I lost an hour until I woke up this morning. My wife told me because we usually be on top of it. Shame on us. Why do we put so much? Like, why? I get it's because we be forgetting to set our clocks. But what if we didn't? I'm telling you right now, what happens is you wake up and you're like, man, I'm a little tired and I don't understand why. But you know what? Whatever. It happens like that sometimes. I'm going to keep on going. You jump in your car and you turn on some worship music because you know you're going to church and you want to be in the right mind. And as you're riding, you find, you realize, I love this song. Why? Because it speaks to me. Because it speaks to me about God's goodness and how amazing he is. And when the person gets in the car with you and they go, you're a little too excited for me this morning. And I'm like, and they like, I lost an hour. And I'm like, you know what? I guess I did too. But I forgot because I was so excited about who God is and what he's doing in my life. And then I'm about to go preach the word of God to a bunch of people who love him too. That, oh, I forgot to be sad and upset that I lost an hour of sleep. Because that hour of sleep is what? The corner and the edges. And I'm not going to waste no time. So I'm going to hop my butt up and I'm going to go and do what God called me to do. Let's go. Let's go. I'm looking at each and every one of you. Okay? And I know we don't got a big crowd here, so I'm looking at the people on, on Facebook Live too. And I'm saying, show up. Show up. I promise you. Guaranteed or your money back. I promise you that you will not be upset. I promise you that you will not be disappointed. I promise you, you will not feel like you're lacking, losing, or any of that. I promise you that you will see somebody come in to get fed and end up walking away with something they never thought they would get. I promise you that you will see somebody come in just looking for a, a different feeling in their life, and they're going to walk away with more than that. And you know who's going to be standing behind it? You. And you know who's going to be standing behind that? God. So if you ever feel like you're tired and you don't know how you're going to do it, I promise you, or money back, he's there. And he's going to keep pouring as long as you will keep yourself wide open. This is a command of God. If you didn't know, all that I'm saying to you right now is a command of God. He said, leave the edges, leave the corner for the poor, the widows, the orphans, and the travelers. Why? Because you might look up and you mess around and you'll feed me. You'll take care of me. You'll come visit me. You'll preach to me. You'll play for me. Will you do me a favor? If you, if you can, will you stand up?
And you don't have to. I want to get every heart on one accord. I want to get every heart on one accord. And I want, I want us to pray one prayer, one prayer together, our hearts on one accord. And I'm going to ask you to do me a favor. If you're not feeling it, I won't judge you. I won't judge you. I promise I won't because I get it. I've been there before. I've been there before where I just like, ah, God, I just don't, I don't know if this is for me. And it's okay. It's okay. Because he's working. But if it's not, if, if, if you hear what I'm about to say and you just don't know if you're there, I'm going to ask you to make a bold, I'm going to ask you to take a bold step. And I want you to know something. What you do right now is not going to show how unworthy you are. It's going to show you how worthy you are. Because in this moment, we need every mind on one accord. If you're not in agreement, let me not say that. If you're not there, right, you professed your faith. I'm fine with that. You, you, you just don't, you just don't quite possess the faith for what I'm saying right now. If that's you, if you don't possess the faith for what I'm saying right now, it's okay. Go ahead and sit down. And I understand if you're sitting down, that's not, may not necessarily be you. But if that's you, go ahead and sit down. I promise you're not going to be judged. Just not there yet. But let's say you are there. But the whole progression of faith, I don't know. I don't know. That's fine too. Go ahead and have a seat. Because right now I need every mind on one accord. I need every mind on one accord as we pray this prayer. Would you bow your heads with me? And I'm only going to ask you to repeat after me if you don't have the words. If you have the words and you know what you want to pray, then I, I, please, please pray the prayer that God has laid on your heart right now. Pray the prayer that God has laid on your heart. But if you don't, repeat after me. Lord God, I want to leave whatever unharvested that you have need for. I don't know what that is, so please show me. And when you show me, Holy Spirit, help me to follow through. Help me to walk it out. Help me to wake up when you say wake up. Help me to sign up for, for the sign up. Help me to get out and go for the get out and go. God, help me to be there so that I can give what it is you need. And so that whatever you need is available. God, help TBD to be and do all 
that you desire in 2021. And God set us up, set us up to be an open vessel that you can flow through. Hallelujah. That you can flow rivers of living water through. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, are you struggling with believing who he is? Here and now is the time. Here is the location. This body is the place where you can come to know him. Join us if you don't have a church. Join us out of sheer obedience if that's what you feel God is calling you to do. If you are looking and you are searching for more of him, I am telling you right now, here is where you can get it. We are not perfect. But that's why we have Jesus. We depend on Jesus. We look to Jesus. And we share Jesus. Lord God, I pray for each and every person under the sound of my voice that they would come to know you more personally, that their relationship would, be, would grow deeper. Keep them, watch over them. Send your ministering angels to minister to them as they leave this place and continuously. And God, I pray that the word that has been spoken today will echo in their minds and in their hearts going forward. In the name of Jesus, amen and amen. Thank you all for coming. Be blessed in the name of Jesus. Bye-bye.